0: Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I am really thrilled to have Mackenzie from Love Your Mondays with us on the show today. And full disclosure, I have been following Mackenzie for quite some time because I love the notion of loving how you spend your time at work. And I was really drawn to that. And I'm excited to talk about the creation of the work that you're getting up to and so much more. So Mackenzie, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. I'm very grateful to be here. Awesome. Well, I first actually made perhaps one of the first podcasts I listened to you on was with Mark Groves. Mm -hmm. And I love, of course, the I love Mark and I love the correlation between relationships in all facets of our life. And before we dive into your work and the relationships that you invest in and work on, can you tell us about you? How do you introduce yourself?
1: I would like to start off by saying, I know we often introduce ourselves and saying how, what we do for work, um, mm. which is exactly what I'm going to do, but just with the asterisks that we are more than our work, mm. but I am Mackenzie Chilton. I am the founder of Love Your Mondays and the creator of The Monday Method, and I just really truly believe that my mission is to help people figure out what their gifts are and share them with the world. Have you always loved your Mondays? No, (laughs) (laughs) definitely not. I have not. And I think I became almost the person that I wish was around when I was trying to figure all this stuff out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. I know that this is a story that you have shared previously, but it does feel important and timely to share the origin of Love Your Mondays. Can you share that with us? Of course. So
1: I went... A pretty traditional path. So after high school, went straight to university. wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I started out in genetics because at the time, Dolly the sheep was very big. <laughs> and that'll date me, I guess, early two thousand. And I was, you know, really excited about innovation and something new and. So genetics was what I started out in and quickly realized that you spend a lot of time in the lab <laughs> when you're doing genetics. And I'm very social, like extrovert people person to the max. So that didn't suit the way I like to work. And I took psychology throughout university. I was always fascinated why people thought things or why people did things so differently than you know the way I would have potentially done something. And I was always kind of an observer just through growing up and watching what people were doing. Mm. And then I took a class in forensic psychology. So that is law and psychology essentially. And I did my master's in domestic violence and mass homicide. Oh <laughs> so, my gosh! like a very happy master's. <laughs> um, and after graduating, I found like literally my dream job and worked as an on-site therapist for people on parole and probation and in pre-trial in the prison system. Naturally. So I, yeah, of course. Right? <laughs> Every little kid wants to do that. Um, so, and I, I actually genuinely do really still think that that was a great job for me. I loved that job. I felt like I was helping people that society had forgotten and, I was making a difference in a way. So I worked with medium to high risk, violent offenders and somehow just, you know, found that that was my, my place. And then I got laid off. Mm. Uh, And so I just found myself after going to school for eight years and, you know, found my dream job and then got laid off. And the other options were, were moving to, you know, where the maximum prisons are, which wasn't on my radar. Mm. So I start I found myself starting over again, saying, like, what am I gonna do now with my life after all this thing? And I just truly felt maybe it's the I'm a I'm like a reluctant millennial, I like to joke. (laughs) So I I had that in me that I think that we all deserve to spend time at work enjoying our tasks and and making an impact. Mm. And so I went to a career coach. And it was very boring. And I did all these standardized tests and it just spit out that I should be a therapist. (laughs) I was like, well, I already am a therapist. (laughs) Where do I go from here? And that was the very, very beginnings of Love Your Mondays. And I tested on friends at the beginning because I found a lot of people were in that same position that they thought they found their dream job or they went to school or got some training for something and then realized that it wasn't, you know, the dream that they were sold or the idea
0: that they had in their head, but didn't know what the next steps were to take. Right. Well, it's a common conversation and it comes up all the time. And why one of the reasons I was so excited to speak with you is because as a recruiter, I feel like we often get asked about career coaching and what's next. And I always joke that a career coach is what you need after a therapist And (laughs) usually, after a good relationship. And that's not totally true. It's just a really big deal. You know, we have relationship counselors and therapists because relationships need work. And so do our careers. And it's like, after high school, where do you go for that? And where do you go for it in a meaningful way? And part of it is, you know, what is the work? And the other part of it is, who are you in the work? And so I want to dive into who you are in your work. You're a female founder, you're a female creator which I think is is incredible and I love I I've, I've never met a story of someone getting laid off that I didn't love because <laughs> right. if we you know now it covid has just completely normalized this which I think is excellent because mm-hmm. I hate the impact that getting laid off has on people I just wish that it could be water off a duck's back you know onward to the next piece but it's just not always that easy for people and I acknowledge that I want to talk about your journey in creation and you know if I may have since becoming an entrepreneur, have you since loved your Mondays? I was actually talking <laughs> to him bad uh, like two
1: weeks ago and I, th- I was having a bad Sunday. Yeah. And then he's like messaged me in the morning on Monday and he's like, how are you doing? And I was like, much better. And I think I almost tricked myself just because I say love your Mondays all the time that yeah. I, you know, I've i actually was trying to think. I don't think I've had a bad Monday. Oh. Uh, like one of those things where, you know, you smile and then it makes you feel happier. Well, I've just really been <laughs> pushing the loving Mondays for so long, but I mean, entrepreneurship, as you know, if anybody's yeah uh, been in that world at all, it is a lot of work. Yeah. And so there's definitely been times where I've considered, Considered, like looking for another job or going back and working for the government again but then I really hold that vision of what I ha- what I want for people and what I mm-hmm. think I'm really good at bringing out in people I think I'm quite funny so I try and make things as humorous as possible when we're working together I, I yeah. say that you know career coaching doesn't have to be something super boring
0: yeah
1: and I am a kind of a therapist I guess in still a lot of ways yeah um, the psychology just can't can't stay out of the work, so that really does trickle in. Awesome,
0: cool, cool. I want to know. I mean, I think it's so it's so wonderful to be able to have a, a candid conversation about this because it's it, it's easy as entrepreneurs to identify when it's easy and when it's not, or when it's tough, and and that's real. Yet it sounds like you've been able to cope, and I think that's the key. Is It doesn't mean that it's always easy or fun. And yet you have found ways to truly love your Mondays. And I'm wondering what your, be it, coping sounds like it comes with a negative connotation. I I mean it less about coping and maybe it's like enabling or, you know, what has supported you? Well, I think that's, that's the word that immediately popped into my mind
1: is support. I have amazing community.
0: Mm, Beautiful.
1: So I think like my family has been there, you know, and I've been cry, crying on the floor being like, yeah. this is so hard. Yeah. I have a lot of amazing friends that are also entrepreneurs or yeah. friends, you know, there to say like, you're doing really awesome. And I think that's often missed is, you know, where if you look at social media or whatever, you see people putting all these things out and you don't see the backend support mm. that people are getting. Like I moved home when I first was starting out.
0: Yeah. And
1: living in my parents' basement, like that is yeah. support that we don't often see, and that's not often shown. Yeah, and I think we need to deglamorize entrepreneurship. I love it, oh. but I think that there's a lot of shiny, you know, Instagram perfect visions of it out there. Yeah, um, and so a lot of people get into it, and I think that's great. And and one thing in addition to the support is just being so clear on my vision and snapping myself back out of that kind of spiraling negative mindset that can happen. Yeah. Be like, nope, you're helping people. You're doing good. Yeah. Just one thing out, whatever it is.
0: Absolutely. I, I feel you. I hear you. I often think being an entrepreneur is the hardest way to pay your rent or pay your mortgage. And I know for myself, I couldn't imagine life any other way. And I just think, why do I need it to be so hard stuff? <laughs> um, <laughs> and it is a vision. And, you know, I will say for me, it's been sometimes a five month vision or a five year vision. And, you know, as everyone says, knowing your why and knowing your purpose. And I think all of those things are so great. And yet at times, it still feels fleeting or, you know, a 10 year vision might feel too far away. And so for you, when you speak of vision and, you know, knowing your purpose so clearly, how far out is your vision that, that keeps you afloat? Honestly, I think if the whole world
1: got rocked, yes. there's going around that if anybody answered the question in 2015, where do you see yourself? Right, <laughs> It wouldn't be here. Yeah. So I really like to do like the next quarter, but I have like, I have the overarching impact that I want to have. And then I really practice working in and living in my values. Mm. And I think that I talk, I mean, this is what I teach as well, but I think that a lot of people are walking through their life work or otherwise, and they don't know what they care about. They don't know what's important to them. And so they don't have a way to tangibly integrate them into their life right and so once you figure out your values then you know like connection is a huge one of mine so if I'm mm. feeling mine or the vision is slipping I will actively do something that enhances that feeling of connection or community right I love yeah. that now you know that elusive alignment is something that everybody's trying to talk about and I genuinely think it's like the more tiny things even that you can mm. add into your day that You're living in your values. That's what's getting you into alignment.
0: Yes, absolutely. Can you share your other values with us? Easily, yes. (laughs) Uh, Freedom
1: of location was a big one when I was first starting, but I think it's actually freedom of task now and freedom of time. Okay. And then connection is a huge one. I like to joke that I'm like the mafia, but nicer. And I absolutely love hooking people up that I know that I'm like oh you would really get along or you guys would do a great collaboration together so connection is is definitely one and that's something that I you know I try and make a practice so at the end of my work day I will link two people up that I think need to know each other cool and then the last one is ocean and that's kind of a weird one but I know what I feel like when I'm in the ocean I know what the ocean gives me and so if I can get that feeling somehow in my day. I mean, I'm lucky that I live in Squamish, so I can do ocean dips actually, but (laughs) (laughs) just getting that feeling of of ocean Mm. in my work day or in my life is really important to me.
0: Amazing, cool. I am very curious about your well of inspiration. Who do you go to or what do you go to? And not necessarily when you're down, but that you look to and say, I'd either aspire to be more like them or I'm inspired by the work that they're doing in the world. What does that look like? And I want you to know the reason I asked the question is because I think as entrepreneurs, there's an expectation that we are just these fountains of endless (laughs) (laughs) ideas and energy. And I, I really cherish them. And I think that often it would be easy and wonderful. And we'll make sure it's totally included in the show notes to just sit and talk about all of the work that you give and that you do for the world already, Um, be it your courses and your counseling, which is incredible. And yet I'm like, but tell me more about Mackenzie and how do you fuel that fountain? And we don't ever get to talk about you. We just talk about your work. And so tell me more about you filling your tank and your fountain. What does that look like?
1: I think for me and this is something I've actually realized in you know the quarantini kind of phase is that creativity is something that I I really need so I really love design. Cool. Um, and so I I think that you know like I'm a career coach and so naturally I should be listening to business podcasts and that kind of stuff which I do but I also think looking to other industries really expand your your creativity and and you can integrate that in a new way into your work so I I do kind of like you know start spiraling out on if I find an artist I really like I try and listen to their biography and and things like that just to also step out of your head because as an entrepreneur I'm very much like all the I have so many ideas that I want to do and I'm I need someone to integrate them for me, but I'm definitely an idea person. Yeah. Um, So I think just exploring other industries, which I mean, obviously is applicable as I am a career coach, but for the creativity side, just looking at what other people are doing and really, I love, I love an underdog story and I love a story of, you know, I read this, this article about a woman she's 83 and she just became a coder and (laughs) developed an app that is perfect for seniors and I love stuff like that really like to find to find the alternatives to the norm I guess is a good
0: way to put it (laughs) absolutely absolutely can you share with us one or two specifics in terms of industry examples that are of interest to you or like who what's an industry that's outside of yours that Is doing something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really have this thing for chairs. (laughs) Amazing. Yes. So, like anything Ray and Charles Eam. Yep. Naturally. All about. Yeah. So, I watch documentaries on them. And if there's like a podcast I like, I really like Revisionist History, Mm. Mel Badwell's podcast. And like you said, like you heard me on Create the Love, but I listen to Mark Rose podcast because I think it is so applicable and people take things like that. Right. And they apply it to their romantic relationships, but mm-hmm. I'm like, your bosses should be listening to this. Absolutely.
0: Oh, totally.
1: Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. I love that. And what about, I mean, you said Mark Groves. So I want to ask about boundaries. Cause when I think of Mark Groves, I think of mm-hmm. boundaries and I'm curious around the boundaries that you have for your life in the, in in not scheduling entrepreneurship but it's you know like let's be honest we both live in the sea to sky corridor and it's like it's mushroom season and when is the time to go mushroom hunting and when is the time to go to work quote unquote and when is the time to turn on or turn off and I ask because again it's like it's not the myth being an entrepreneur you're never off you're always on it's just a matter of in what capacity? It's like, where's the dial? It's never turned to off. It might just be on low. The burner's on low. Right. <laughs> um, that is such a good analogy. I actually love that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I think if you're not an entrepreneur, you can identify an on or an off switch. If you choose to be an entrepreneur, And, and perhaps I'll get pushback for this, but I think that if you choose to be an entrepreneur, it's in your blood, it's in your veins, and we don't get to turn off that life force in the same way. I think that being a parent becomes in your blood. You're so excited and passionate about something. It's your own. And not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. And yet diving into this, especially as millennial women, I think is a really fascinating topic. I agree. And I think um,
1: it's something that I'm still very much practicing. Mm. <laughs> that's like the nicest way for me to say it. Because, yeah, like I'll, I'll be walking and, you know, walking my dog Bruce by the river and then I'll see a leaf that's shaped weirdly. And I'll be like, oh, my gosh, that would be a great piece of content that I could repurpose into a blog post about how you need to be the weird leaf at your job, you know? <laughs> and so it's just like it is. <laughs> Really hard to turn off and so one of my goals this year is to go away without my laptop oh wow that I gives know. me I, I just got anxiety
0: <laughs> i have
1: a, another friend she is an entrepreneur as well and she deleted gmail from her phone oh wow so That's these a are boundary. baby steps that we're we're getting to i think for me it's finding that balance as i am such a social person to know when to say yes and know when to kind of say no and look at which which of these align with my values so does going to that event you know feel like the ocean to me Mm. yes or no and then and then I kind of base it on that or does in this moment spending more time behind my computer feel like freedom right um, I'm I'm not a schedule person. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> mm-hmm. But those are all things that I'm, you know, kind of just playing with, I say, I like to kind of see things as if they're like a video game and see kind of what works and what doesn't. But in terms of boundaries with work, I just came off like a really big launch. And that was just, you know, I felt like a walking zombie after. Yeah, okay. um, but then creating that downtime is so important. And I think the learning how to turn off or tap into creativity in a hobby or with your friends is really important Mm. as a form of self-care
0: oh my gosh yes all of the yes (laughs) and what about self-care on the daily because it's easy to be like I'm gonna go on a. it's not easy it's a big statement say I'm going to go on a trip without a laptop but that doesn't change your Mondays or your everydays and what does that look like for you
1: right I think I've I mean self-care has definitely been a A popular word I think especially in the last
0: like two or three years
1: and it is for me noticing I've tried to get more into my body so like Mm -hmm. am I stressed what is my are my shoulders super tense what does that look like and so reframing like what would a win feel like in work when I'm like really overwhelmed like at by the end of the day what would a win be like and then that just feels you know, I mean, I'm talking about self-care and how it <laughs> applies to work, but that to me is important. And then after that, trying to do something that, you know, fulfills me in other ways in say creativity or, you know, my dog or whatever it is <laughs> that mm-hmm. the, the little things can be self-care. So I'm yeah. super conscious in the morning when I take Bruce for a walk, that's self-care for both of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think instead of like rushing to the next thing and just really being present, self-care can be making your bed and cleaning your bathroom, yeah, you know, totally like, you need to be this Instagrammable bubble bath. I also <laughs> yeah. do that. Um, and have <laughs> done. Yes. Like, the term self-care you can, you know, it is just, it is taking care of, self and that's leaning on your community and cleaning your space and you know those things that are often deemed as chores I think focusing on those is like something that you're gonna be thankful for later and care yeah. for yourself in that moment yeah totally
0: um you mentioned celebrate well, launches which equals celebration for me mm-hmm. and I love knowing how entrepreneurs celebrate what does that look like for you
1: This one involved sleep, (laughs) Um, but I think it's sharing wins with friends and, you know, and people that I, like everyone in my community, that includes my Instagram followers, that includes people on my list. One of my super big things is that we should celebrate the things that we're proud of.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Instead, you know, we're taught when we're younger to be humble and to not brag, Mm. And I think that needs some breaking down, especially for women. Yeah. Just you deserve to brag. If you worked really hard at this, you're proud of something. You brought something out into the world. Yeah. That's super cool. And I think people are inspired by enthusiasm like that. Mm. Amen. Yeah. I'm all about ideally celebrating
0: with friends and just chilling for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Most entrepreneurs just need some more sleep. Got it. (laughs) I love it. Well, our time has come. I love digging into the world. It feels like behind the curtains of the woman who's created a space for us to love our Mondays. And I had said, love your mornings because your email signature is so beautiful that you are sipping coffee and loving your Mondays. And I just think of coffee in the mornings and what a beautiful way to start the day. So I love it. And as you know, our last question we wrap the podcast with is what is making your heartbeat faster, Mackenzie?
1: I have a few I have a few clients now that are really stepping into where they're meant to be and watching that transition is so like I just get a warm fuzzy feeling everywhere but I have one in particular and they are stepping into a CEO CEO role of a company that is you know, part tech, part environmental saving, and it's just, it's a really cool project. So I'm excited um, for them and, and just to see where this company can go in the next, you know, two to
0: five years. Wow. Right Mm -hmm. on. So you are here to celebrate and let your heart beat faster for the success of others. And you are transforming many, many people's lives by helping them understand that they don't have to hate their Monday and live for Friday. And I really understand. I used to have serious anxiety on Sundays. And so Mondays mean something. Um, And yeah, I get that. And I just want to say thank you for doing the work that you're doing in the world, because truly, I don't know if anyone has acknowledged that recruiting wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for people like you that gave a space for people to have conversations that they really can't have with recruiters. You know, they just submit a resume and sometimes they go into what feels like a dark hole and you are the antithesis of that dark hole and give people the space to feel seen and heard. And I think it's really incredible. So thanks for the work you're doing. It makes a difference. That's a compliment. Wow. Thank you. so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wish you all the best in your mushroom hunting and, and leaving your, laptop at home i can't even say it without laughing (laughs) thanks mckenzie thank you so much